Acts 16, 11 to 15. From Troas we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace. And the next day we went to Neapolis. There we travelled to Philippi, a Roman colony and a leading city of the district of Macedonia. And we stayed there for several days. On the Sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Theatera, named Lydia, a dealer in perfect cloth. She was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to, the, to Paul's message, and when she and the members of her household were baptised, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house, and she persuaded them. Okay, the first of our passages in Acts 16 is focused around Lydia. Lydia was generous. She opened her heart and then she opened her home as well. And this is really important because without that welcome, this very first church in Europe wouldn't have happened. Now, you can say it would have happened somewhere else and I'm sure you're right, but the point is that it was it would seem that the Holy Spirit very clearly took Paul and Silas to this location. And the generosity of Lydia made this first church possible. Even before she was generous, the very first act that brought this church about was prayer. In the absence of a synagogue, and we know Paul's go-to place was a synagogue when he arrived at a new city, in the absence of a synagogue, they went uh, outside the city gates to a place of prayer. They went somewhere to pray, very Jesus-like, and they met Lydia there. Did you know that in order for a synagogue to happen, you have to have at least 10 Jewish men? So this Philippi place, this colony of the Roman Empire that was so full of veterans who'd completed their service in the Roman army, had no synagogue, it would seem. And in its place, all Paul did was find a place to go and pray. And from that place of prayer came the connection with Lydia, Lydia's acceptance of Jesus, her generous heart and the beginnings of this church. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owns by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned round and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realised that their hope of making up money was gone, 
They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city in, into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely, severely flogged, they were thrown into a prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them into the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. The second passage from the Acts 16 bits that we're reading, and thank you to those who have been reading them so far. The second bit is about peace and about justice, and a little bit about mercy too. In this section, a slave girl who is horribly exploited by her owners, made to trade her ability, it would seem to speak of the future, for money that she didn't get, but her owners did. She experiences rescue and release. She comes to know peace as she gains control of herself again. We don't know whether she's released uh, to be a free girl uh, out of slavery or not. But we might speculate that at this point she would have been particularly vulnerable and that possibly she'd have found her way to the protection of Lydia and her friends in this very first church in Europe. What Paul did was bring release and rescue, peace and justice for that girl. These are, again, core priorities for the church, much as the generosity and prayer was with the first section. Here we see peace and justice. Let's make those priorities for the church that we can influence today. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, 
the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptised. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Our third part looks at the jailer. The jailer was probably, quite likely, a, a, a private enterprise guy. He would have won the contract to, for providing a prison and then would have operated it. And there weren't really any rules about how you treated your prisoners. So the chances are, being more interested in, in impressing the magistrate and the, and the local leadership, that this guy was either a bit brutal or at the very least not very nice, didn't have any incentive to care for those who were imprisoned. Uh, under his, I was going to say care, but it may not have been very careful. And in a situation where the earthquake strikes and the chains fall off and the gates are thrown open and they can all leave, the thing we see is Paul modelling again. He's modelled prayer, he's modelled uh, justice and peace, and now he's modelling mercy and compassion. How easy it would have been to say, God has set me free. I will go. But Paul doesn't do that. He and his um, companion Silas, they encourage the others to all stay put. This is, this is perhaps not surprising. These are guys whose presence in prison is marked by their songs of praise. They worship Jesus in the context of imprisonment, which is unjust. So perhaps the compassion shouldn't be a surprise to us too, but it still gets me every time. You can go, you are free. No, we'll stay put and we'll show kindness and we'll show mercy in intangible ways like they did with the slave girl. These are also priorities for us. As we think about what a church in Europe might be like today, we look at the first church in Europe. We see this jailer who is baptised, brings his household with him, comes into the community of believers with this incredibly diverse bunch the 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 businesswoman uh, Lydia and the slave girl quite probably and now the jailer and his household too all gathered at Lydia's house at this brand new church all from different parts of society all coming to know the risen Jesus When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. The jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave, go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens and threw us into prison. And now they, 
And now do they want to get rid of us quietly? No, let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers and encouraged them. Then they left. My final comments on this passage are really to round the thing up. You'll notice that when Paul and Silas, who claim their Roman citizenship now, and you do find yourself wondering why they didn't mention it earlier, they will have had their reasons. When they get free and are told to leave town right now, the first thing they do isn't what they're told, surprisingly, not at all. Um, given how keen they have been to stand in the way of the way the culture has behaved with the exploitation and, and the cruelty of the prison, they've, they've challenged those cultural assumptions. So they've, they've done it again. They've, they've not played ball. They've not played by the rules. They're instead saying, no, we're going to go back. We're going to go back and just spend a little bit more time with these brand new disciples, these brand new followers of Jesus. And we're going to find ways to encourage them and instruct them. And then we're going to have to go. But we need them to know that they're on safe ground. Now, this church in due course has more women involved in leadership. It has more to offer Paul as he continues his ministry journeys. But right now, it's been built on these things, prayer and generosity, peace and justice. And then finally, mercy and compassion. None of these things are instead of a declaration of Jesus. Knowing and owning that you know Jesus and being willing to be identified with him it's exactly what got Paul and Silas into trouble, but it's exactly the reason why there is now a church. This first church in Europe wasn't there before. Despite no Jewish background, there is this church. How important is it for us to bring those principles to the way we do church? Prayer, peace and mercy. And how important is it for us as well to invite diversity? The diversity that is shown as the businesswoman and the slave girl and the quite possibly cruel jailer, or even if he wasn't, the, the part of the machine jailer. They are the first people who make this church up. There's diversity there like nothing else. They could even have had different ethnicities or skin colours. It's quite plausible in a place like Philippi. How do we bring that diversity to our way of doing church in Europe today?